every morning. Arabile Gomede and Anastasia Aronsa on Classic Business. Breakfast with MoneyWeb. At 7.31, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about uh, ASCOM and we've also had news about its unbundling. But uh, we're going to be talking about whether we're taking the necessary steps in solving our power crisis. And to have the conversation, I'm joined on the line by Katrina Godina, who is the research associate at the University of Cape Town. Katrina, thank you so much uh, for your time. Since the announcement of the plans for ESCOM, there's been a lot of backlash, particularly from unions opposing this uh, unbundling. Let's start off there. The concerns they're raising with regards to perhaps even the fear of jobs and various other issues, are they being heard from your perspective? And how have we been dealing with this dialogue around ESCOM, in your view? Good morning. Thanks for having me on your show. And good morning to your listeners as well. I think the the issue you raise as the as the starting point is definitely a key starting point for the dis- this discussion. I think the unions have, for many decades, in fact, been opposed to power sector reforms uh, due to concerns around jobs and, and concerns around the private sector's role. I definitely think that in at this point in South Africa's electricity sector, uh, it's undeniable that we need some sort of restructuring, and I have seen uh, evidence that the unions are being brought to to the table in a way that they haven't before. And I think that that's critical because we are not going to be able to move forward without them. Um, In order to support this, researchers at the university are working on issues around the just transition, around understanding the role um, of labor in these types of processes and what the implications are going to be for jobs. And the research is already showing that starting to make changes in the electricity sector is actually job positive within the electricity sector and can support a movement towards least cost electricity, which is job positive for the whole economy. Right. One of the criticisms that has come out, and particularly maybe not from unions, but it was on the side of rating agencies, we had Moody saying that they need to see a credible, detailed plan on ESCOM because that will be able to, I suppose, create a different light in South Africa's uh, fiscal position. And that is something we haven't seen. We we have an idea of how much ESCOM is going to be getting in terms of, I suppose, call it financial assistance in inverted costs as if you want, but we still don't know how this is going to be rolled out. How do we deal with that? Because perhaps that could be even the first step in dealing with the misconception around uh, ESCOM. Indeed, I, I think that it is high time that we have a process where a detailed plan emerges from stakeholder engagement across the board. I think the budget speech last week, if you look into the budget itself, uh, there's a very informative annex called Annex W3, Fiscal Support for Electricity Market Reform, where we see some of the details about uh, at least the immediate timeline uh, starting to be put onto paper and putting into government's official position. I think that over the next few weeks and the next few months, this certainly has to be transformed into a very detailed plan. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to move forward. And I think the ESCOM task team is working very hard with the presidency and with the ESCOM board and with the relevant ministries to produce this. Um, But it's essential that that all stakeholders are brought to the table and come to the table. And, And I definitely hope that the unions will be play a central role in that in moving the electricity sector forward. 
I know that uh, previous plans to restructure ESCOM, you know, either were bogged down or perhaps even uh, shelved due to lengthy policy and various other legislative processes. Are you optimistic that this new approach uh, could be what we need in the sense that we might have now a state-owned transmission company within the current legislative um, framework that could be a a first step in this process that could be quite long-term? Yes, I definitely am feeling more hopeful uh, looking at research from the rest of the world on how power sector reforms are implemented and what makes them work and what makes them gather the necessary momentum. There is a school of thought that believes that sort of a big bang, a first step that disrupts the current monopoly power, the current vested interests that may have sort of nefarious interests in in the way that the sector works, or perhaps um, a lack of understanding around how transformation could support their own interests. That disruption really makes a big difference, and it's something that we are very hopeful to see. The establishment of a state-owned transmission company uh, would certainly be that next step. And as I said, the budget has informed us as the public that that step will be taken by the middle of this year. And if that step is taken, I believe that the next actions will follow and it will also call, act as a sounding call to bring other stakeholders to the table and support the next steps and be involved in deciding exactly how the private sector will be involved and exactly how the sector will be structured going forward. What are some of the benefits you're seeing from the unbundling of ESCOM if it's done correctly? I think one of the the ones that many listeners are are interested in is around transparency and accountability. As the utility is currently structured and as we've seen in the ESCOM inquiry and now are starting to to see the details emerge from the Zondo Commission, the utility is very large by international standards. It's very unusual to have a vertically integrated utility in the way that ours is for, for an electricity system of our size. And that has certainly contributed to a situation where corruption has flourished and this has had direct costs for the consumer. It has also prevented, around, prevented competitive procurement and transparent procurement, which has seen the prices around new power being pulled on by ESCOM escalating year by year by year, and often with associated problems, as we've, as we've seen with Majupi and Kusile, two mega power plants who are not operating as they should and who have also gone more than double over budget. In contrast, when we look at new power that's being tra- that's being contacted transparently. Uh, this has mainly been through the Renewable Energy IPP program. Uh, we see that costs have steadily decreased over the last couple of years, and there is definitely space for them to decrease further. This doesn't mean that ESCOM generation will be out of the picture. Indeed, maybe it will act as an impulse to ensure that ESCOM generation in the future will be more competitive, more price competitive, ultimately benefiting the consumers and the economy and indeed creating an environment where jobs can be created across the sector. Katrina, thank you so much for your time. We'll have to leave it there. That's uh, Katrina Godino, who is a research associate at the University of uh, Cape Town. An article which you can have a look at on the MoneyWeb site, which I suppose deals with the theme we've been uh, touching on uh, throughout the morning around uh, independent power producers. Uh, The headline for this particular article is titled, Government is not renegotiating IPP products. Uh, Earlier, we may have 
mention that uh, the minister yesterday morning uh, said that the government is not planning to renegotiate the power producer agreements with uh, IPPs in the first two bid rounds of uh, the Department of Energy's Renewable Energy Independent Power Producers uh, Program. And this comes after his uh, cabinet colleague, Public Enterprises Minister Praveen Godan, earlier in the week indicated that government might seek to renegotiate the high tariffs agreed upon with the successful bidders in bid window one and two. And another fascinating one, and we've spoken about this uh, last year, was with regards to the city of Joburg's inclusionary housing policy. That one uh, written by one of our contributors, Ray Matlaka. You can have a look at that one with regards to the misreaction that it's getting from uh, private property developers. Uh, But nonetheless, let's have a look at news headlines, rather traffic.